little man. I will destroy you! You sound like a jerk! If you ask me, everybody in this theater is a giant sucker! Especially you! I was saying, Bruins. Give me some sugar, baby. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. All right, all right, and hey, 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 welcome to Bunch of Dorks, big show number 245. Alive, alive, 245. Man, it's been a long, lot of, lot of shows. All right, today uh, I'm trying to think of what the topic du jour is going to be. I guess I'm going to hit a couple little stupid topics, and then I'm going to go into um, my work on a production crew. This is a... Uh, very professional um, endeavor, and I'm a cameraman on it, and I've gotten to do some really cool stuff, um, not without a price to pay, of course. That is uh, me being a, an old man in a young man's game, but I will talk more about that. Who am I? What am I? Why am I? Uh, this is bunchofdorks.com, or this is the Bunch of Dorks show. Um, you can find us at bunchofdorks.com, in which you will see three different show, uh, three different buttons. Top one is Slow Robot Agogo, in which me and my cohort, Dr. Morbius from Parts Unknown, discuss many B-movies and uh, just general video production stuff. The middle button is the uh, two-dimension podcast, the, the comic book podcast with no direction, and that's where you will hear the likes of Houston... King Don, um, Dr. Morbius again, and um, Rook to Bishop 3. I don't know. I don't know chess words. I'm going to have to start learning chess so I sound less idiotic when I make fun of Rook's name. And I'm not really making fun of Rook's name. It's just cool. Anyway, then the bottom button is, of course, Bunch of Dorks. That's the one you click to go here to listen to me talk about stuff and listen to music and yay for all of that. If you get the inkling, I would ask that you go to uh, stitcher.com or just type in Stitcher and they're they're currently accepting nominations for podcast award shows. It would be quite super if you would uh, include this one on your ballad. Just type in bunch into one of the categories that you think best fits, say comedy or something like that, and um, it'll auto-populate, um, and then that would be just dandy. Um, if not, oh well. I know, uh, getting anything done on the internet is takes an act of Congress. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm rushing, rushing, rushing. I'm doing all these different projects, um, and sometimes my brain kind of fizzles out. Uh, we're actually coming up on a very big milestone in the bunch of er, in the slow robot agogo arena, in that this week is number 99, where we're doing the um, Santa Claus and the Santa Claus and the Ice Cream Bunny for our Christmas spectacular, and then that's rolling right into the big century mark for slow robot agogo. A hundred podcasts is quite a feat. Um, although I enjoy doing podcasts very much. It is a very thankless and tedious endeavor, and um, generally there is no accolades to be found, lest you be uh, Kevin Smith or Adam Carolla or, you know, some stripper in which everyone hangs upon your every bated breath because you have boobs. And so yay for that. I'm none of that thing, so 
I toil away in an anonymity. I think that's the way you say it. Doesn't matter. Who cares? So, on to the task at hand. This show will be talking about video production crews um, and the exciting world of that. And I'm not saying that in a, uh, in kind of like a, I'm kind of being facetious or like kind of tongue in cheek a little bit because it is not very glamorous, but it is very cool. And there's a big distinction there. Um, you know, there's a big difference, I should say. Um, of course, most of you know, I got my start in video, uh, doing a public access television show for many, many years with my friend Oliver Klozov. Uh, you heard him on last week's Bunch of Dorks with me. Um, he's been my friend since 1996, um, and we started doing a, a, a public access TV show together um, for about seven years. Uh, that that studio closed down. Along the way, I've met many friends and um, and people that uh, share the same passion for video production. Um, that I mean, podcasting kind of parlays into that a little bit. It's much easier than um, than doing video production, doing a television show, doing a, a an upload uh, YouTube stream. Um, it, not to say that audio is not without its its challenges, uh, as as sometimes you turn on the microphone and this thing looks at you and does not work, and you're saying, "How comes you've worked um, these last 90 shows, and now this one do you decided to do do something wacky?" And usually it comes down to your computer did an update, Audacity did an update, or Soundbooth, whichever you use. I tried using Soundbooth, but then I realized this is way too... I can use it. It's a very powerful, great editing tool. But for podcasts, there's no point. I mean, if you were making a, if you were remastering a CD, or if you were helping a friend with his band, then yes, Soundbooth is just super. If you're talking into a mic about B-movies, Audacity is obviously the way to go. Um, over the years, I have honed down the uh, chances of issues and trouble, and and uh, hopefully this sound comes across as nice, and that I've upgraded to a nice board, I've upgraded to nice condenser mics, you know, all the whole deal. If I could get rid of this squeaky chair, that would probably be just super. Where the hell was I? Oh, yes. So anyway, that's where I kind of got an in with this video production crew, in that... Um, even in public access, and believe it or not, folks, even in these podcasts that you listen to, I actually do rarely strive for quality and consistency. I stick to schedules. I'm very, I guess for lack of a better term, professional for this, with this, in that I take every, um, I take every, like, time frame seriously. I put stuff, I, I put work into it, and, um, if something isn't working or doesn't seem right, I fix it, you know, and that's almost in a world of uh, Vine and YouTube and just upload crap, um, everything's shot on a cell phone, that's a very rare trait, and I think that's might have been what got me in with the production crew, uh, where they, you know, the one of the guys recommended me saying, yes, you know, he really cares a lot and he works very hard, so I was very fortunate in the fact that I just did a quick one-show intern, and and I was, they liked me enough that they brought me on, and now I'm part of their production crew. So that's where we will leave off. I'm gonna go to a quick music break, and then when we come back, I'll talk about the latest or the last show that I did, which was um, both tiring and uh, destroyed me physically, but was uh, very cool and challenging on on different levels. So 
All right, we'll go to some music break, and I will come right back. まあ、9時みたいなのがあるわけですけれどもね、そこに私なんか頑張ることを頑張り続けなさいって書いてあって、ちょっとショックっていうかもう何をしたらいいのだろうかみたいな、よくわからんみたいなそういう感じなんですよ
little fella. How are you doing today? Fine. How are you? I'm super. Thanks for asking. All right. That was your your uh, Japanese language lesson of the day, and then that was followed by a group called Red Bacteria Vacuum. They are very poppy and punky and cool. And the songs I played was the first one was The Big Moon, and the second one was Fly. All right. Now, on with the show. I got hooked up with a production crew, um, and this is a single guy, or like a guy with um, who has a couple of people around him. Um, he's It's his business, you know, and he does big shows. Like, um, he does small stuff, too. It's, it's, a very, it's a very tight-knit video production crew in that he has uh, some trusted people that are kind of like his right-hand men, right-hand men, and then... Um, there's people like me coming and going. Um, some stick and climb the ladder. Some fall by the wayside. I'm hoping to be the former, not the latter, falling by the wayside. But, you know, like I said, I'll try every time I go out. The first time you work with in, with his production crew, it's it's um, it's an internship. Um, and they they can la- internships can last a couple months or they can last one show. Um, luckily... I got called in for a all-day Hispanic festival, and um, and I was really green, you know. Before this experience, uh, my I did mostly studio stuff. Any of the handheld handy cam stuff that we did was very short clips, um, very quick. Like my 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 TV show was mostly we used old movie footage. And then every now and then there would be a clip of of a clown breaking something or a, an alien falling off of a bike. It was very quick. Um, my theory was comedy is hard, so if it's not going to be funny, at least it's only going to be about 12 seconds long, then right back to the show. Um, so it wasn't a challenge to to film this kind of stuff. And the other thing I'll say is that there's video people. I don't know how to say this the correct way. I don't mean it in a negative light, but there's some people that eat, breathe, live um, video production that they're those camera people. They're those people that, you know, were in the AV club in school, then they went to college for it to be audiovisual, then they graduated and worked at a TV stage studio, like, and they're always working on a script. They're always working on a movie. They're always shooting something. I've dabbled in that world, but I'm not that guy. So, I'm very green. Um, but that's I'm not without merit, you know. So he called me in, and uh, this is a pretty neat production in that there's a huge con. Every concert that that if you've ever seen footage from a concert, or if you've ever seen. You know, you know what an outdoor festival is. Know what concerts are, where there's a huge, big, big, huge stage with lights and multiple performers. Um, I've done two of these shows so far, and then one um, independent thing where I just filmed an, an anniversary thing, and that was a very simple, straightforward thing. Um, you go there, and you have to get there extremely early because you have to set up stuff before people start showing up, and mostly before bands start showing up. This is incredibly hard. The amount of work that goes into this type of thing is really baffling. Um, you have roadies 
with trucks and trucks and trucks full of audio stuff and like cables and cables and cables and you just look and you're just looking at this massive amount of equipment you know and and they're doing their thing and then you got the guys who are hooking up lights and they're doing their thing and they all look like they're about 23 and they're on junk and they're always wearing black like black shorts black shirt which is what I wear now and and they always they look haggard and tired because they've been doing this non-stop on this tour so they don't care what city they're in they don't care anything about anything um then the video production we have uh the guy has a truck it's like um it's a it's it's like a i don't know how to describe it it's like a cable van where the inside has been converted to a studio which is very cool it's got an air conditioner in it which is important in florida trust me and um, it has the studio monitors and the switchers and stuff like that. And then the intercoms. So he can talk to the cameramen. And now the cameramen are, you have to run these three, 400 foot long cables, snakes, they call them. They're, they're really heavy duty cables out to each of the cameras. That's where it starts. You have to lay this long cable out. And then you also have to make sure that no one like can get it and ruin it. So it's clipped down underneath those big heavy rubber things. And you get the cameras up and running. Then you get your headsets up and running, and then you're, you're generally speaking, there's like somebody on the stage, there's somebody on a lockdown camera, and then there's somebody on a camera three, which is like a far out, on uh, usually on a scaffolding. It's like an establishing shot. Like camera one's in the face of the performer. Camera two is showing like the audience sometimes, but mostly the band in a farther shot. Um, and then the camera three is like, oh, look, pulled all the way back. Like look at everything. Um, that's kind of almost has to be because of the way we've grown up editing and and video production now is if you watch any tv show or any live event or any live anything they don't leave the camera on anything for more than three seconds like in the tv world three seconds is like an eternity so it like you know i guess maybe it's from the music videos maybe it's from whatever it adds action when there isn't any you know like they could show uh, nfl could show you know just yeah, whatever Matthew Stafford's in there scratching his ass and talking to his his um, lineman, you know, for that eight seconds before they go up to the line. But they don't. They show you that. They show you the last play. They show you the defense screaming. They show you Matthew Stafford screaming. Then they show the play. Then they do it again. That's the way our whole life is built now. In in might be adding to our ADHD, but that's that's how our lives. Quick edits, quick cuts, no more than three seconds. Everything is like that. Even hell, even TV shows now are like, blip, blip, blip. Nothing develops. Nothing is slow. In fact, if you went to the old formats, where they just had the camera three pulled out and they showed people talking in in their homes, people would turn off, turn it off. They'd be like, "That's the slow, boring show. No one watches that." So that's what they need. That's what this guy has set up. And and the other thing about video production is it's insanely cost prohibitive. Um, those cameras that people use that I have, minimum of four or five thousand. A headset's a hundred. Each of those cables is a couple hundred. You know, like, it's a it, a rig to get a rig up and running for a production crew. It, it probably gonna pop you around between one and three hundred thousand. And that's kind of like getting by equipment. That's not like, the, and that's not like NBC or CBS equipment. That's just getting by equipment so so it's a very it's a very costly endeavor so 
for my internship anyway, I'll get onto this this story here. It was a, an all-day uh, Hispanic um, event, or not an event. It was a, it was like a Hispanic cultural music festival. Um, Herencia Hispania, 2013. This is in Clearwater at Coachman Park. This is a couple weeks ago. I think I probably even talked about it a little bit. But that was my internship. And um, hot as hell. So hot. My God. Everything in Florida. It seems like I can't escape it. It's 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 brutally hot. Even like... Okay, we did this. The, the one I'm going to talk about mostly in the, the second half of the show was um, like last weekend. This is end of December. Mid to end of December. Brutally hot. I, I was dying. It, it was... You're like, oh my God, it's December. Can you let up a little bit? Nah. Nope. 86. And with sun beating down on you, I was just about ready to fall over. So in the Her- Herencia Hispania uh, concert, I, I I worked really hard. I tried to get my shots really nice and tight and clean. And um, he liked it. You know, I mean, I'm sure I, I always walk away feeling I could have done better. But um, I did enough that he you know, put me in the rotation, and I was already off of internship, which means, yay, a couple bucks get my, thrown my way from now on, you know, the first one was a kind of an unpaid internship, and then from now on, you, uh, you know, make a few bucks here and there, which I'm not really a greedy person, um, I don't mind falling into money, but, you know, as long as the lights stay on, I'm usually okay, so, um, but that, that was my internship, and that went well, and then, and then I kind of made the rotation, and then what he has, you know, he has a list of people that he just calls in order, or he'll throw out, I need somebody for blah, 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 you know, and then, and then if you respond, if you get it, if you get a spot, great, if not, oh, well, next time, you know, and it's very fair, and, um, the, the, the three guys that are, like, almost always on the, the, the three guys that have been with him each time I've worked with him are very high-end, they're very good, they do this for a living, um, I, I can learn a lot from them, so I'm very, I'm very happy to be working with them, you know, one, one of them is a friend from the, public access uh tv station and he he's a he's actually somebody i call a friend you know and i don't just throw that around very easily um and he's uh i really learn so much from him every time we go out so with her herencia hispania behind me now it's on to bigger and better things and that will be of course i'll be talking about the huge concert called the 97x next big thing but i'll do that after this big thing which is a music break Enjoy. Hey, butthead, how come, like, some stuff sucks, but then, like, some stuff is pretty cool? Uh, well, if nothing sucked, and, like, everything was cool all the time, <laughs> then it's like, how would you know it was cool? Cause I wanna know What you do last night well, I wanna know what did you like now? I wanna know When I take you there Cause I wanna know When I take you there
first one I played was I Want to Know, and the second one was called The Clown of the Town. Very gravelly, grab-you-by-the-throat kind of a singer. I have a few of his CDs uh, in the rotation. I hope you dug them. Um, now, where was I? Ah, yes. Okay, I had just gotten through. I did, like I said, I had that one uh, little little thing in between where I just filmed uh, a couple's 45th anniversary, and that was nice. It was very a much more calm setting. Just, um, you know, in and out, whatever. Quick shot, dumped the CD, the end. Then I got called for, um, do you, they said, you know, do you want to do the next big thing? And that's the name of the concert. And um, from all accounts, this one is a very tough one. Some are easier, some are tougher. This one is breakneck speeds interviews with bands that sometimes don't want to be there sometimes they're there um interviews with D- VJ or DJs not VJs and then of course the shots of the band now and, and th- this is all like the um we're filming for what gets shown on the jumbotrons on the sides of the stage and behind the stage and also it has to be dumped to um, a hard drive and given to the promotion um so Basically, this is almost like uh, helps adds to the show in that we, you know, when it's, we'll, we'll show the crowd to get the crowd whipped up. We'll show the band. We'll show the singer. We're trying to constantly get uh, shots 
that kind of add to the experience. People paid a lot of money. They want to get, they want to, you know, they want like the full experience. So that's kind of cool. Um, 97X is a local, like they call it alternative rock station, which, um, uh, unfortunately for me that I'm, I'm past that. <laughs> like I, um, I listen to punk, I listen to metal, I listen to lots of different stuff, but this is the kind of music to me, um, alternative rock is mostly like kind of wuss rock to me. It's, it's, it's not quite metal and it's not quite offensive, but they want to pretend they're offensive or they want to try to pretend that they don't care it's just to me there's something off about it but they're all very famous bands so the lineup for this next big thing of 2013 was a day to remember and they were kind of a metal metal band i like them jimmy world manchester orchestra dirty heads pepper uh frank turner let's see sleep wave but i think they canceled saints of valor sleeping sirens and then the uh biggest ones were Stone Temple Pilots was the second biggest act, and then 30 Seconds to Mars was the headliner. Um, I know, I've heard of 30 Seconds to Mars, I've heard of Stone Temple Pilots, of course, that was that was a band that started with me, and the, the, the guy that's singing for Stone Temple Pilots is now, or what, now, is the guy who uh, sang for, um, Chester, damn it, what's his name, he sang for, um, Lincoln Park, which I like Lincoln Park music quite a bit. Now, of course, I've heard of a lot of the other ones. I've heard of Jimmy Eat World. Um, I've never heard of Pepper, but they were very good. That was a very good, like, high-energy band. I think they kind of wanted to be, um, they wanted to be ch- Red Hot Chili Peppers in that they only wore, like, they didn't have shirts on. They were kind of, you know, like, bro rock or whatever you want to call it. Frank Turner was surprisingly good. I figured that would be some kind of pompous thing, but it wasn't at all. One of the funniest stories is, like I said, I don't, it's not, I did my homework for it and that I, I, you know, I, I always try to like look up what the event's about before I get there. So I'm not walking in like, oh, what's a thing? What's a Mars? And, and, but I didn't look up each one of the bands. <laughs> one of the, one of the perks of, of being in a production crew is the craft table, they call it. They call it a craft table. Usually it's a tent. It's a, it's an area away from everything that they have catered food. Well, the two that I've been, they've had care food. I'm sure some don't, but these do. In that they're all-day events, they need to have bathrooms and they need to have food and water and stuff like that for the acts, for the people that are setting up. Um, I'm fairly sure if they were only setting up food for the people that do the work, um, that set up the thing, you know, there'd be a, a, a rickety old table by the Portageon with a bo- box of donuts that would quickly get taken. But because the talent also eats in these things, um, there's a fairly elaborate spread. There's very good food, breakfast, lunch, dinner, cookies, uh, that kind of stuff. There's desserts, there's coffee, there's drinks all, all the time. So by working there, one of the perks is that you get to go and eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner that day. I mean, yes, you're working, but that's free food, and that's still something, you know. And I'm sitting there at lunch um, whenever... The, the production crew tries to work it in that you get breaks. Um, sometimes you might not get one, and that's kind of understood. You know, you're there to work, and you're paid for it, so you just, you know, you work. But he, he's a very good guy in that he, he tries to take make sure you get some time off so you can actually go watch a band. Um, and that's kind of cool because what I do is 
I actually stand along the side of the band, so I'm actually up on the stage just behind the speakers that are facing the audience, so I'm standing like basically two or three feet away from, like a Stone Temple Pilots, I was standing like right next to them when they were singing, and that was really cool. Um, but the bands I never heard of, you know, I'm sitting in the back eating, and I was eating by myself because this is a hectic day, so you don't sit down with your crew. Usually the whole crew sits down for breakfast because that's like, you're there at seven in the morning, you're just eating, and you're just kind of like, okay, I'm getting everything ready, and that's the end of it, you know, and uh, and and I was on the phone, and I was like, I don't know, I don't, I said, I don't know anyone here, I said, hell, like these, I don't even know who these jerks are, and I like kind of flippantly pointed over at a band, and I could tell they were a band, cause, and, uh, and, I, and I was thinking to myself, yeah, and that's when I got beat up by the band, I didn't know who they were, you know, because they could have taken offense by that, and they didn't say anything, it was, it was all right. That turned out to be Dirty Heads, and um, they were a good band. They were kind of a hippy dippyish band, but uh, you know, if you don't know who these people are, then it means nothing to you. Even the Hispanico, the Herencia Hispanica. I mean, I was back there eating with people, and I I didn't know who the hell they were. You know, uh, if you don't know the groups, you don't know the groups. That's I was out of my element, Donnie, as so as it were. But like I said, the this is a hot day. Uh, and, um, you know, it went off without a hitch. There was some cool stuff. There was some very trying stuff. I didn't get to use it, but they actually had a boom mic, um, which, or with a, with a jib. A jib is just a gigantic crane arm that you have to, like, control. And, uh, the guy that was doing that, I'm sure, was wore the hell out by the end of the day, because it's very heavy and very awkward. And it was very hot. Like I said, it was brutally hot and a couple of times in the headphones I I heard him say you're going to the crowd you're going to the crowd where it was dipping down too close and it, it almost hit people you know and that's that's a very real concern so all right I'm going to go to a quick music break and then when I come back I will wrap up the story and onward and upward as I just accepted another show for uh the first of Jan of January 1st the first day of the new year I don't even know what that is I he just uh, he asked if I was available and I said sure what the hell because you know what the hell? So, all right, I'm going to take a quick music break, and then when I come back, I will finish out the next big thing. Hello, this is Sexy Lexi and Husqvarna. Welcome to their first CD. Now join us on our green VIP couch and grab whatever you want. It's time to fuck. Well, I- 
Okay, that was uh, the last group I'm going to play today. It was Husqvarna, who was a band that was with me from the early days of our TV show. And I really dug these guys. They were actually, I, they were the ones that I used for the uh, the opening of our show. So whenever I hear that CD, whenever I hear one of the songs that I pulled the 30-second clip from for our show... It takes me back to a better place. And then I ended with uh, the second Japanese language lesson of the day. See if you can figure out what she said. It was very funny. Okay, so uh, just a quick wrap-up then. We're almost at the end of the show. Um, you know, it, there's a lot of work that goes into production, um, the production of these things. And after the end of the show, you know, good, bad, um, sometimes mistakes are made. There's never a perfect show. Um, I, as a cameraman, I always try my best to get like really perfect shots, and that's difficult with uh, following live action. But you know, you learn and you grow every time you do it. Every time I go out, I'm getting more confidence. I'm I'm getting better at it, and uh, and I'm learning little things here and there. Uh. The bad news is, at the end of the show, when all the drunken rowdies have gone home, the bands have retired to their Winnebago's and off to their next destination, which they don't care about. Guess what the production crew does? That's right, two hours of breakdown. And uh, the next big thing, like I said, um, I made the mistake of going to Disney two days before. And Disney's a fun place. But the older you get, the more it kind of takes out of you. So my feet and legs were blistered, or my feet were blistered and my legs and feet were hurting bad to begin with. At the end of, I got there at 7 a.m. and I left this show at 1 a.m. So, you can guess, at the end of that day, my ass was dragging bad. And we had two hours of breakdown. Uh... I was not thrilled uh, about life in general. Not nothing was not not that I disliked being this production crew. I just liked being alive at that point. But pain heals, um, and it was a fun experience overall. You know, 
um, the hell, you know, it's something to do. Uh, hopefully I can look back on my life and remember some of these fun things and remember some of these bands I've met and some of this stuff and, and, uh, it'll be cool. You try to keep moving and keep on keeping on as the fortune cookie says sometimes. Okay. That's it. My name is Mao. I hope you enjoyed a bunch of dorks. Big show number 245. And I will see you next week with some kind of wacky shenanigans.